You're listening to audio from Red Rocks Baptist Church. For more information about our church, visit our website at redrocksbaptist.org or follow us on Instagram at Red Rocks Baptist. One of the themes this morning in the music has been light and darkness. And as you know, lights play a prominent role in our Christmas celebrations. I did a little internet searching to find the home that holds the Guinness World Record for lights on a residential property. And it's from an American family, the Gay family from upstate New York, who broke their own record last year in 2021. They were busy during COVID, apparently. And they put 687,000 lights on their property. Uh, You can see at the back of this photo, the house really doesn't have that many lights on it, which is kind of ironic. But their, their property has a pond in the middle. They actually let people drive through their property like a light show similar to Bandemir, just over here. They choreographed 250 songs to it, I guess through an FM radio station. And they've done several interviews about the lights. Actually, over the last 15 years, I think they've raised over $500,000 for charity through their light shows, which is pretty amazing. And one of the interviews that I was watching, uh, they opened with, yeah, I guess you could say we're obsessed about Christmas lights. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, You're obsessed also with your light bill because can you imagine the electricity bill there on that property? Well, lights are obviously one of the features that make Christmas special. And the Christmas story has several lights in it. There's obviously the star that shone over Jesus' birthplace that the Magi followed as Nathan portrayed a moment ago. A host of angels appeared in glorious light to the shepherds the night Jesus was born. But the most important reference to light comes from the lips of a man named Simeon. In Luke chapter 2, verses 30 through 32, Simeon met the baby Jesus at the temple, and the Spirit of God moved in him where he recognized Jesus, and he took the baby in his arms, and he blessed God and said, My eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles in the glory of your people, Israel. He's referring to actually several prophecies in the Old Testament there, but he identifies the reason why we have lights at Christmas. The reason why we have lights at Christmas is because of Jesus. Jesus came as light to bring us out of darkness. Our theme text this Christmas has been John chapter 1, where John shows us that Jesus is the Word, the God-man, who has become human. The Word became flesh and dwelled among us. And that's why Christmas is special, because we're not just celebrating some obscure birth. We're not just celebrating some event that happened in the land of Israel. We're, We're celebrating God becoming man. And last week we saw how Jesus came to earth as a child to make us God's children. And this week we'll notice that Jesus came to earth as light to bring us out of darkness. So I'd like to spend a few minutes, the few minutes that we have remaining, looking at this connection between Christmas lights and the light of the world, between Jesus and his light coming into our darkness. So let's start by reading a few verses from John 1. If you have your Bible and would like to follow along, you can turn there to John 1. I do have the verses on the screen for us as well. John 1, 4 through 5. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness 
of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. This was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Would you pray with me for a moment as we look into this text? Father in heaven, we, knew, we do need your help. We need your spirit to move and work so we can understand these truths, these sacred truths from Scripture, these life-giving truths. Bless now the, the, the reading and preaching of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. From these seven or eight verses, we notice just a few simple points today. First, all people live in spiritual darkness. Jesus is assuming that. When John says that he came as light into our darkness, he's assuming that all people live in spiritual darkness. Well, God didn't create people to live in spiritual darkness. This was not the original design or the intention of God. Just like we need physical light to live, we also need spiritual light to have eternal life. The Bible portrays the world and all its inhabitants as living in spiritual darkness. We are born into the domain of darkness because we are born sinners. King David in Psalm 51 says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. It's not that his mother was sinning in her conception of this child, but the fact that he is a sinner from birth. And that's the way we are. We are sinners from birth. Now, if we think about sin and darkness, there's a strong connection here, is there not? Sin really does flourish in the darkness. More violent crime happens at night than during daytime hours. Murders take place 66% of the time at night. DUIs happen almost 90% of the time at night. Sexual crimes take place 60% of the time at night. Sin flourishes in the dark. The film industry understands this. How many scenes containing violence or promiscuity are set at night? Films with dark messaging or, or heavy, dark morals are set in the darkness or as horror films. I've read, I've not seen it, but I've read that the newest Batman movie released this year was shot almost 100% of the time at night. One of the only scenes of a handful that was shot in the daytime was a funeral. Well, they didn't make a mistake when they did that. They're sending a message, and obviously Batman has a long and troubled history of darkness in these films. Even the Wall Street Journal chimed in, calling it very dark, both emotionally and literally. Why is there such a connection between sin and darkness? John 3.19 explains very simply, men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Sin causes us to love darkness. And if you look back into the Old Testament, if we had you know, a full 45 minutes this morning, we'd really go back through and, and comb these scriptures but if you look in the Old Testament, the prophets, the men of God, repeatedly confronted the darkness around them. Over and over and over again, they called out the sins of the people and said, you're in darkness, you need to come to light. But the sad story of the Old Testament is that the people persisted in darkness instead of repenting of their sin and turning to God. Isaiah 8, 21 and 22 describes one of those times. I'll give you kind of the, the Spark Notes version of it. The people will be greatly oppressed and hungry. So, so they're suffering. They're, they're enslaved under foreign enemies. And yet, because they love sin, they blame God and they curse him for it. 
In other words, they're trying to live without God. And when life goes poorly without God, they blame God for it. The result of them rebelling against God is this. Then they will see trouble and darkness, gloom of anguish, and they will be driven into darkness. That doesn't mean that all the lights go out and the sun never shines in Israel. It means that they're plunged into spiritual darkness because rejecting God never leads to light only to greater darkness. And, and today, I mean, these, this prophecy was written almost 3,000 years ago, and yet it's still true today that people who reject God find darkness in their lives. And, and there are many ways that people reject God. They try to be a good person on their own. They try to find a religion they like because it, it caters to them. They try to be, as our secular world likes to say, true to myself. Well, these are all philosophies, ways of of coming into the light, but ultimately, they all remain in spiritual darkness. Back in Isaiah's day, the people loved darkness, so God allowed them to chase the darkness. And yet, in his mercy, because God is a merciful God, in his mercy, God promised to shine a light in dark places. Isaiah continues, the people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light, Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Well, that's a pretty powerful light. What's that light that the prophet is talking about? Actually, just a few verses later, Isaiah writes this. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Many of you recognize this as one of the prophecies of the Messiah at Christmas time because the light that shines in the darkness is not some other object out there. It is the son of God, Jesus Christ. This light is Jesus, the promised Messiah, the savior of the world. He is the light of the world. The one who came to save people from their sins and bring them out of darkness. In fact, Jesus, two different times in his life, claimed explicitly, I am the light of the world. He said that in John 8, 12 and John 9, 5. And our text that we read a moment ago declares the same truth. Look at verses four and five again. In him, speaking of Jesus, was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not comprehended. These two verses teach us that Jesus came into the world at Christmas. The light shines in the darkness. Jesus is the true light who comes into the world. He became flesh. The light entered the darkness. But notice also back in verse 5, the darkness did not comprehend it. A better translation would be the darkness did not overcome it. The light is so bright and so strong that it pushes the darkness back. Have you ever been to a place that was so dark that you could feel it? Have you ever had that experience before? Kate and I had that experience several years ago when our family visited Wind Cave National Park in South Dakota. And this is a great excuse to get the little boys up on the screen. There are three and one and a half in this picture. And we went to Wind Cave and we were there and we decided to take a tour. I think one of the basic ones, 45 minutes to an hour, something like that. And we started winding down through there. And, and the way that the Wind Cave National Park works is that you don't just step into the cave and you kind of stay there. You go down 
And by the end of the tour, you're like six stories underground. So we went down and down, and they've got a walkway that they've put in there and some lights that are dimly lit. And uh, as you can see by this picture, it's really shadowy, really sketchy. It's very dark down in the cave, obviously. Some of you maybe have been to Mammoth Cave or other caves around. When we got to the end of the tour into somewhat of a larger area, the tour guide said, now, we're going to show you what it feels like to have darkness so thick you can feel it. We're going to shut the lights out. And then they had to read through, you know, a whole list of liability and legal issues to make sure no one had uh, medical issues at that time. So we prepped our boys. You can see uh, Xander's the one I'm carrying. He's a little bit nervous still. <laughs> and, and so we prepped them, and they were brave, and they shut the lights out. And if you've never had this experience of being 60 feet underground in the total dark, it's unnerving. You actually lose control of all of your senses. You can't see your hand in front of your face. In fact, you can't see your glasses on your nose. You're disoriented. The darkness is so thick and so heavy that it, it frustrates everything. And it renders everything to be so bad that you can't do anything. Well, you know what we didn't do when the lights were off? <laughs> we didn't move. We didn't try to keep doing our tour. Uh, there may have been some gasps in the room, but I can tell you we certainly weren't about to have a picnic down there. We were frozen. The darkness enveloped us. And even when the lights came back on, it's not like the lights were so bright that, oh, hey, I can see every nook and cranny. It was still kind of dim down there. And you're like, ah, I think that's the door. Let's start heading that direction. Well, when Jesus came into the world, he wasn't some dim light that kind of gives you a little bit in a dark cave. He was like a supernova, shining in a cave, bringing such blinding and glorious light that the darkness fled away before him. He brought powerful light into the world. He defeated darkness through his death and resurrection. He conquered sin and death and all of Satan's forces. No power of darkness can stand up to our Savior. And so, because Jesus has defeated darkness, he can bring anyone who receives him out of darkness into light. He's not on a solo mission. He has come on a rescue mission to take people who are trapped at the bottom of that cave, so to speak, in total darkness and say, take my hand, I'm bringing you into the light. Verses 9 through 11 says this, that was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. How sad. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. Jesus is able, he has the power to bring any person who believes in him out of darkness into light. That means he can bring salvation to anyone who believes. Salvation is free to you. Verses 10 and 11, as I just mentioned, really are quite sad. Jesus created the world. He made the world. And he came into his creation. He came into the world he created. And yet, the creator was not recognized or accepted in his own world. It would be like you going home today and your family at home kicking you out of your own home. The vast majority of the world rejected Jesus, and that continues today. His own creation rejects him, and yet he has the power and the authority to save people, but so many reject him. Well, can I ask you a really personal question? 
what have you decided to do with Jesus? Maybe you've never thought about him as the light of the world before. And maybe you're thinking, oh, I, I didn't even know I was in darkness. I didn't know I needed a light. Maybe you've resisted Jesus and don't want him to mess with your life. And if that's your mentality, you're, you're kind of like a, a blind person who can't imagine what sight is, so you'd rather just stay with the status quo because it's pretty good the way it is. Maybe you're too scared to receive Jesus because of what he may ask of you or require you to do. Resisting Jesus is like our fa- would be like our family deciding, you know what, we like the darkness down here in Wind Cave. You know, it feels pretty good down here. It's nice and cool. It's a really stable temperature. We're going we're gonna to stay here. And, and you know what, keep the lights out. We'll just, we'll live down here. Every tour you take, we'll wave at them, you know. We're, we're, we'll be the exhibit down here. That doesn't make any sense. People need light to live. And yet, how many of us, how many people in our world say, I don't want the light of the world. I'm content with my darkness. Jesus said, he who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. And to remain in the dark spiritually is your choice. You can do that. But the consequences are devastating. And I wouldn't be faithful to the scriptures if I didn't warn you of that. The Bible says that if you remain in your darkness and go into eternity, you will be judged in a place of God's wrath called hell. You say, that's not politically correct. It might not be, but it's biblically accurate. And the compassion that we have here at Red Rocks for people that don't know Jesus is that we have to warn you of what is coming so that you can make the right decision. Because Jesus came into the world, there is hope for people who admit that they're walking in darkness. You have a choice to make. You can respond to the gospel. You can be saved. You can come to the light. Jesus is the door to heaven. Our our world says that there are a lot of doors to heaven, a lot of ways to get to heaven. And, And the Bible just says, no, there is one door to heaven. And his name is Jesus. And the beautiful thing is the door is open. You don't have to bang it down. You don't have to to get on the good list. You don't have to get on the invitation list. Just come and knock and enter. That's what the word says. Jesus was born at Christmas, fully God and fully man. He grew up and lived perfectly, which is mind-blowing, if you really think about it. Never sinning at all. He lived for three years as a a rabbi, a traveling teacher, giving his whole life and existence to serving other people. And then at the end of his life, that wasn't the only thing he did. He went all the way to a cross and died, even though he was the only person who's never done anything wrong. He loved you so much that he endured the suffering of the cross, dying as a substitute in your place. And though you and I deserve condemnation, Jesus said, I'll bear the wrath so that you can go free. That's the gift of salvation. And if you try to exchange that for something you do, it cheapens it. You can't do that. You either receive it as a gift or walk away from it. Jesus, after his death, didn't stay dead. He rose again to show that his death was accepted before God. And then he ascended into heaven where he received all honor and glory and authority and he commands everyone everywhere to repent and believe the gospel. That's what coming to the light is. And though the world rejects Jesus, John 1.12, the very next verse, gives us hope. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To them who believed on his name. 
And so, my friend, believe in Jesus. Receive him as Savior. Because Jesus cleanses the heart from sin. He, as we're using the the metaphor of light and darkness, he will take you from darkness and bring you into light. Jesus says, I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. So the question that you must walk away from our service today is very simple. Do I want to remain in the dark? And there are a lot of people, my heart breaks for them, that that have lots of excuses why they don't want to come to Jesus. And and, and maybe they say, oh, the Christians are hypocrites, or no, that's too exclusive. And and they give all these types of of reasons and excuses and, and, and things. And ultimately, at the end of the day, you will stand before God and you will answer for your decision. Will you come to the light? Will you believe in the light? What better day than today? to repent of your sin and trust Christ as Savior. He offers salvation as a gift, just like most of you, if not all of you, I hope all of you, will give gifts to someone else next weekend. Our boys have been asking us over and over again already, when are we gonna do it? When are we gonna give gifts? Yes, I'm that parent that says, oh, we're not doing gifts this year, guys. We're doing gifts. We're going to give gifts to our children. We're gonna give gifts to loved ones. And you know what Jesus did? He gave a gift to his enemies to sinful humanity. He offers it to you as a gift. Will you receive the gift of salvation? Our time is almost up, but there's something that amazing that happens to a person when they receive Jesus as Savior. They actually become a child, not of darkness, but of light. Colossians 1.13 says that he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his son, to the kingdom of light. And as believers, we are now sons and daughters of the light. We're commanded in the scriptures that though we were once in darkness, now we are light in the Lord to walk as children of light. So what does that mean? There's a whole lot we could say about it. But to walk as children of light is simply to seek and grow every day closer to our light source, Jesus Christ. It's rooting out sin. It's pursuing holiness. And it's loving the Lord who gave us light. At Christmas, Jesus came as light to bring us out of darkness. The light truly has come. In a few moments, we're going to sing one of the classic Christmas hymns, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. This is actually Kate's favorite Christmas song. And this this hymn is really fascinating. It it was written in the 8th or ninth century. Yes, that's over 1,000 years ago. And there were seven original stanzas in the Latin. And each of the stanzas use a really obscure title of Jesus. We don't talk a lot about Jesus being the rod of Jesse or the key of David, but these stanzas talk about what those are. And the second stanza that I want to draw your attention to in our hymnal uses another little-known title. It's the day spring. And the second stanza goes like this, O come thou day spring, come and cheer our spirits by thy coming here. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight. For a long time, I thought a day spring was like a fountain of water. (laughs) But a day spring, as I looked it up in the dictionary, is an archaic term for dawn at the beginning of day or the dawning of a new era. The stanza that you see here draws actually from scripture in Luke 1 where Zechariah calls the Messiah the day spring that is to come. So what's the significance of this term? Well, this stanza proclaims hope. 
The day spring, the dawning of a new day has come. The darkness of night is gone. Sin and death have fled at the dawning of the sun of light. Jesus, our light, has come. And so as we sing, with the, eight, with the saints and generations gone by, rejoice, rejoice. Our Savior has come to us as light to take us out of darkness. Would you bow with me for prayer? And then we'll close with a song. Father in heaven, what a glorious truth that Jesus is so pure and holy that he is the source and the fountain of all light. He has come and we celebrate him at Christmas to bring us into his glorious light, into our heavenly home, giving us eternal life. And I pray, Father, that as some here don't know Christ as Savior, if there are any today, that they would recognize that their sins have estranged them from you, that they may reject Christ to their own peril and our heart breaks for them. But we would love nothing more to see them repent of their sin and trust Christ as Savior and begin the new life of living in the light as a child of the light. So, Father, send your spirit to move today, to work powerfully, to bring needy souls from darkness to light. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.